Hi, this is Liz Calandrino, and welcome to Fired Up Success. You know, Albert Schweitzer once said, in everyone's life at some time, our inner fire goes out. It is then burst into flame by an encounter with another human being. We should all be thankful for those people who can rekindle that inner spirit. My passion is to connect people who will share their stories about how they rekindled their own spirits, and I know will spark fire in your life too. Hi, is that you, Brian? Yes, hi, Liz. Hi, everybody out there. Um, before I introduce my guest, Brian Witkin, this is Lisbeth Calandrino, and you are listening to Fired Up Success on WCAA 107.3, or you might be listening on Spotify. What I do is I try to bring in guests that will motivate us, you know, give us good information and make us want to go do something about our lives. And today I have with me a very special person. I've known him professionally and personally for years. His name is Brian Witkin and he lives in the Garden State of New Jersey. And he has been a consultant, a business consultant in uh, lots of floor, for lots of floor covering of businesses, manufacturers, distributors, and retailers and i asked brian if he would come on and give us his ideas about what we might do it won't matter what industry but what we can do to get over what's going on and get better so how are you doing brian liz i'm doing great thank you yes doing great down here in the garden state down uh, the jersey shore uh, so the good thing is that it seems like the governor is opening up more and more uh, businesses we're expecting an announcement today uh, so hopefully that'll help all uh, local businesses uh, to get back started uh, kind of onto the new normal. Oh, boy. Brian, um, let everybody know just a little bit about who you are and what you've been doing, where you've been doing it. Sure. Yeah. So just briefly, you know, I was in the, with a flooring manufacturer for 19 years in various sales and kind of sales leadership positions, uh, both regionally and nationally. Uh, then uh, I worked for the last six years at uh, the eighth largest flooring retailer in the country heading up sales they're probably around 115 million dollar company uh, and for the last probably nine months i've been in a consulting capacity uh, consulting with both on the manufacturing side uh, for on the sales side of things as, as well as on retail flooring but as well as i've actually spoken in the uh, home furnishing space as well to help retailers look at their business differently, think about it differently, about what they can do to make more money, to have better sales tactics, strategies, operations, etc. So kind of that's where I am today, Liz, and well, just really trying know, to help out others. Well, you know, we've been at this for a long time, you and I. And Absolutely. Let's talk for a minute about, let's start with the mistakes that you think that people can easily make with what's going on. I mean, where are the places they're going to have pitfalls? Well, you know what? I think the, the first pitfall is going to be is just going back to doing business as usual. Wow. Uh, I, I think that really can be really the pitfall number one, because I think, as I just said earlier, is uh, the new normal and the new normal is not it is truly going to be new. So I think everyone needs to really be thinking about their businesses uh, that way. Ah, so we want things to be like they were. That's really where we want to be because we always feel better 
you know, then I know all the answers. And so I kind of try to make it like it was before. That won't work this time, will it? No, you're absolutely right. You know, the, you know, that is always the path of least resistance, which again, we all fall into that trap. But I truly believe those who are going to have the greatest level of success are those who are going to think about things a little bit differently, how they have done things, not just what has made them successful in the past, but really they need to think about what's going to help them in the future because it's going to be a little bit different. And the great thing about that, it's giving them the time, it's affording them the time to go about things and kind of look themselves in the mirror about their business of what they need to do differently. And there's a multitude of things, Liz, that we can talk about of what that looks like. Well, you know, it's interesting. I love when you're so positive, you know, this is a time for them to look at their business, see what they can change, and then go on with what they need to do. One of the things you said to me the last time we talked was, and this is really critical, I think, is margin up. Because I hear businesses, a lot of them are saying to me, well, you know, I know that I can outsell the big box stores. I can cut their prices every time. And you said, this is not the time to cut prices. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Liz. Now is not the time to do it. People more than ever today are going to want service in certain respects. And again, not saying that you can just kind of uh, arbitrarily raise your margins if you're at a 42 to a 53. But again, you don't have to give the farm away to do business. Don't sell scared was probably my greatest advice to you because when you start selling scared, you kind of go on that, what I call the death spiral because a lot of your fixed costs are still in place and you're selling at lower margins, which eventually that will catch up to you. So again, it's definitely a time to more hold your margins. And if you can get margin increases, great, but don't sell scared just to kind of bring a, uh, bring a dollar through the door. Well, one of the issues is I know for restaurants now, of course, retail is different, but a, a restaurant, if they need 80% occupancy in order to make money, and now we're telling them that they can only have 30% occupancy um, because of the social distancing now in a retail store. So what kind of strategies do these people have to have? I mean, maybe some shouldn't even be in business for a while. Yeah, you know what, Liz, I think uh, I think there are going to be I think there are some people who are going to have some tough decisions to make in all businesses. But, uh, you know, in the flooring world, uh, you know, especially as well, if you're looking at your business and you're not going to be able to kind of achieve your break even, you know, how long do you have left in the business? Does it make sense to actually be in business and own a job? Do you own the building or do you rent the building? You know, is an opportunity now is a great opportunity if you rent and you want to kind of fight through all this is negotiating with your landlord to get some type of deferment for X amount of time. But, uh, but uh, you know, it's really time to take stock in your business and say, what do I need to do differently to be successful? And Liz, but one of the things that, you know, some people might be listening and saying, well, listen, business has been tough. I don't have the money to do all this. There are a lot of things that people can do that really don't have a huge financial investment. So I think there's an approach that, yes, if you have a lot of money to wherewithal to dump back into the business to do things differently, it's a great time to do so. But also there are a lot of things that don't cost as much money and you can be very effective in how you go about uh, your business differently. Well, what are some of those things that you're thinking about that sure. they could be doing differently? Sure. I, I think, you know, when you look at first and foremost, right, people are talking about 
I'll go back. It's about the customer experience. It's been about the customer experience for quite some time, but now more than ever, right? Everything with COVID-19 and social distancing. The first part is evaluating your sales floor, looking at your floor. What can you get rid of? What are you not selling? I'll use the whole less is more approach um, because you don't need all that duplication on your floor for your customers. It is confusing. Creating that environment that your customer wants to be in i'll say with the new normal having that respect of your customer because that to me is just one i mean it's one piece but it's a big one and it just takes time and effort to do on your floor it's not a it's not a huge financial setback and, and that's just one piece listen we can go into a few more but i think that one's a, a quick easy one well i think that one of the things that happens you know they meet a great rep like you and so everybody has a product that they want to sell. And so they get caught up in, well, I really like all these people. So I'm going to take merchandise from all of them. And then you take a look at it and they have so many duplicates that the customer can't make a decision. Yep, correct. And it's been, Liz, as you know, all the studies done over the years, it, as you know, it's confusing for the customer when they walk in and see, 25 carpet displays and racks it's confusing all it looks you know it's the sea of sameness in their mind how do you make it more effective impactful for the consumer but ultimately how do you close that customer in a more timely manner and i think that and again as we go into closing a customer that's something else to work on that's actually uh really doesn't cost much what is your sales process when you're when you're working with a customer whether it's on the phone or in store you know you don't have to have that used car sales techniques, but there's a lot of, of closing techniques that a customer doesn't even realize they're, they're actually being closed by a salesperson. So that's another thing you could evaluate is your process and how you can more effectively close your customers because at the end of the day, that's what's keeping the lights on and that's what you need more of. Well, now you just bought a used car. And, and you said that used car mentality, but I had the feeling that it wasn't a really a terrible experience. I mean, what are the kind of things that the person did that sold you the car? What, what was uh, that? You know what? I, I didn't go in the showroom, but you're right. I, I actually use that term and it is ironic. Um, you know what? It was very much of a soft, it was a soft sell asking me what my needs were and kind of what I was looking for. And, and I fought back as the salesman in me, but ultimately <laughs> they made it a good, a good experience for me that uh, I negotiated. We agreed on a, we kind of, we agreed on what I wanted and I was looking at and, uh, and it was a better process. Uh, so again, but I, I think from the old traditional, uh, what people feel as a, a hard sales process was not to your point. Yeah. I mean, that's always, that's always yeah. been, I think everybody, when they compare salesmen, the worst ones they see, they're always saying, oh, they're not, we're not used car salesmen. But I'm wondering that there are a lot of people out there that don't have a lot of money. And as businesses start to cut their workforce, because they have to, then what happens? See, that's where I'm afraid that the salespeople or maybe the business owner, now all he can think about is, you know, can I pay the rent? Um, we've got to sell product at any cost because you and I have both seen that. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, 
I, no, I didn't get the margin, but look at all the money I brought in. Yep. That's usually what the salesperson says, right? Correct. Yep. So how, do, how are they going to keep, how are they going to keep themselves in a space where um, I am thinking about the price and I do need to get, a, I do need to close the customer at a higher margin. <laughs> how do you get them to do that? Brian? Well, you know what, Liz, I think one of the things, even, even as you think about their overall business, I think they have to look at really a grander kind of a grander perspective of saying you're, and let's just say you have one location or two locations, how can you get more exposure to more customers, right? You know, I know wow. some people have thought about of saying, Hey, I'm getting into kitchen cabinets. I'm do, I'm getting into granite. I'm getting into all these other products, you know, be aware, be kind of be very mindful of doing it on your own, right? Bringing in a kitchen cabinet business. You know, I've seen people do it with success, but I've seen many that have not. And I'm probably advising on the fact, unless you're kind of fully committed and understand it, is not going to it. But you can partner with these kitchen cabinet stores, these design stores, these painting stores, working on a referral type program, working on where they have your samples, you have some of their samples. Uh, the partnerships are everything. And I think you can get some business just by doing things a little bit differently. And that might be one of the just the little things that you can do. What do you think of that, Liz? Oh no, I think you're you're right on with that. That, and think about it: that the businesses that were allowed to stay open, right? They were called essential. Now, my friend has two vacuum cleaner stores. They're small. I mean, they are really small. But he was. They told him he was an essential business because I called him, asked what he was doing. He said, "Didn't you know I'm an essential business? I don't know why, but people are coming in to get their vacuum cleaners service that like it's never been before." <laughs> And so along with being partnering with other people, they could figure out what kind of products that they maybe could take in a couple things that if this happens again, that they actually will be left over. Do you know what I mean? They'll open. They'll be able to still be in business. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Liz, I... Yeah, Liz, I think you're right. I think I think I think you should go. Everyone should go back and see what laws were in place uh, in your in your specific state, because uh, you know what, you never know if it's going to happen again, and you want to make sure that you're open open to do business regardless. You know, I, so I would agree ahead. with you. And, and no, no, you know, one of the other things as I was just thinking, you know, of other ways to do business is one of the other easy ways that again does not cost a lot of money is the engagement in your community. And I just think that's an avenue that some people do a good job of. Some people are part of chambers and associations, but they're a part of it just so they can get yeah. that sticker on their window. The better business, you know, what, the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. And I think now is a time when customers want to support local business. You can't just be the local business. You've got to put yourself out there a little bit more, putting in more time yourself uh, into the community. It might be donating some product. It might be volunteering. It might be doing things. But for you to get some additional press locally, I think that will break ties from for a customer when they're debating about going to a box store, home center, et cetera, that they can support local business because they support yeah, the I community Yeah, I think you're really well. right on something that, you know, I, I've had retailers call me and say, well, we're going to, what we're going to do is we're going to cut our prices. We're now sending out, this was in the beginning when we were all shut down and they were sending out discounts. I said, what are you sending out discounts? People are trying to figure out if they're going to have food. They're trying to figure out if they lost their job. 
I believe that being what you're really talking about is being committed in the community. That's the tiebreaker. The tiebreaker is who are you when this is all over? What were you doing? Did you just hide? I mean, they should be calling customers, shouldn't they, Brian? Absolutely. And even just touching base, even just saying hello, how you're doing, writing a little note to them, because some people are going to be out of the market for a while. It's, it's, un, it's the unfortunate reality, as there will be, a, you know, kind of a, a, a large a large group of people who won't be in the flooring business right now. The great thing is it's a postponable yes. purchase, right? The flooring business has always been that. Um, so at some point they will be, and you want to be top of mind to them. And I think those little things like a handwritten note, like a phone call or an email, it goes a long way with a customer that when they do get back in the market, they will be thinking of your I think store. that's definitely the way to go. Everybody out there, if you're listening, this is Lisa Calendrino, and this is Fired Up Success, where I get to talk to wonderful people who have great ideas for life and business. And you're listening to me probably WCAA 107.3 in Albany, New York, or you might be listening to me on Spotify. I am talking to Brian Wicken, who is a personal and professional friend of mine, has been for years, and he is a business consultant. And he, he and I are speaking about what can you do now? There is no such thing as business as usual or business as normal, right, Brian? And so yep. that, that business experience, I mean, I wrote a book on customer service in 2009, right after the 2008-9 thing went. And now I went back in and I've redone the book and I have lots of, lots of words on COVID. And I'm thinking, I just wanted to look at the book to see what was in there and what had changed. And it hadn't been really a lot that had changed other than the fact that it was more about online business and people wanting, they want things delivered. They, they expect from us, they expect us to want to do whatever they want. Right, Brian? And, you know, so what, yeah, absolutely. what's the cultural shift? What, what should businesses be thinking about, Brian? Well, I think businesses should just be thinking about their customers first and foremost. If they're prioritizing their customers in terms of how they are, how they, how the, how the retail store looks online, the experience in the store, and in many of those cases of going to their homes and creating that yeah. in-home experience, right? All of those, all three of those pieces, and actually, and I'm going to say the fourth piece which is the installation in our world of flooring. You know, they're the last people to see the customer. And, you know, are you monitoring that process as you should? Is it as controlled as you would like? Are they following all the guidelines that you need them to do to have that wonderful experience? Uh, and I think just taking more time in all four of those steps, is it as good as it can be? And not just, yeah, it's good because I've been doing it this way all the time. Can you improve upon it so you are differentiating yourself from your competition? And that I think a lot of this, Liz, is going back to kind of the new normal is, but what are you going to do that's going to differentiate you from your competition? And, and what are, are you going to invest? Because many of, your, many of your competitors will not be reinvesting in their business, in their processes. And, uh, and I think that's where those who want to think a little bit differently are well, going to come out ahead of this. There will be people that will disappear. They won't be here. And 
my experience is that a lot of retailers think so much more about their competition than themselves. In other words, they're always worrying about mm-hmm. what the competition is. You know, oh, the box store did this. The box store did that. The guy down the street did this. And they don't see themselves as the competition. In other words, they need to begin to set standards because otherwise they won't be in business. You know, right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, Liz, absolutely. You know, you have to have your own kind of your own strategic plan and then attack it. And, you know, you need to know about what's happening with your competition, but you should be leading and they should be wondering what you're doing, not not you chasing what they're doing. Because if you have your plan and you're going to just try to execute on it, that's what's going to make the difference. That's what's going to help you be more successful versus just chasing everyone. And you typically will then chase price in many of those scenarios. And, and, and that's what you don't want to do. If you're thinking about a program and you say, hey, maybe I'm going to put a, pa- a, a carpet pad program in place that I've never had. Instead of just putting in one standard of padding, you're going to go with a good, better, best system that maybe you haven't had in a while because you've always just provided the best. Maybe now's the time to think about that because it could be a profit opportunity for you in your market. So it's thinking about things that you might not have done or you might not have done them in quite some time. So follow yourself, kind of follow your lead of what you're doing. Don't follow your competition. You kind of have you're, to have your own you're right on when it comes to it, right? You have to, it's your thing. At, Tell us a little bit about, take, put your other hat on. And now let's talk about doing business with manufacturers. How do you decide to do business with when it comes? Yeah. When it comes to product and people, you know, what do you need to do? Especially now relationships are more important than ever. Yeah. Yeah. I think you said, Liz, I was going right there. It, it is a relationship business. It always has been, and it always will be. So, you know, you're clearly going to go where you have those relationships uh, in the marketplace. Um, but, you know, when you start there, then you have to go to the product categories that kind of fit what you're looking for and getting from a service perspective. You know, do you have to be inventory more or can you rely on a manufacturer and or distributor to handle that level of service for you? But I think the support first and foremost, and I know the manufacturers, a lot of the manufacturers have been great during COVID where they have provided some support financially, extended their terms yeah. out, which is wonderful. And I think every retailer has just, I know from talking to many, it has been a huge weight off their shoulders. And to be honest with you, with you, I don't think they're going to forget that. So I think that's a great thing the manufacturers have done and they support them. And I believe that they will continue to do so in various different ways, whether you're a manufacturer, whether you're a buying group, a distributor. Uh, but I think that's a key, you know, it's a key piece is aligning yourself with some of the right, um, so right companies. So how do you make that decision about whether the, rep that I'm doing business with is the one I ought to have. What's, how do you do that part, Brian? You know what are they, and from being on both sides of the fence is, I'll say this, is the rep just trying to sell you something yeah. or do they care about your business? Because if they care about your business, you will want to give them more business and not just try to sell you product. And, and it's so natural as, as a salesperson and for myself, being a salesperson years ago to leading a team, you know, there's a lot of pressure on these guys to sell. Um, but if you're building the relationship and you're helping the dealer make more money, you're helping a sales associate close a deal 
you know, and be more educated, they're going to go to your product more naturally and you're going to become a resource for them. And I think that's what separates good reps from great reps. It's not just calling someone back. That's kind of expected. How do you stand out and help a dealer make more money? I've always been a believer of it and, and, and it does work because uh, they need support and help and some will take advantage of it, but yeah, many will not. I remember not. when you were working with manufacturer and you know, you would call me every so often and say, hey, I need you to come down here and I need you to help, yep. you know, help these dealers here. You know, this is where they're having problems. And, you know, I don't know, people don't seem to be doing that as much as they did before. Everybody talks about, oh yes, we should help them. But I don't know, what, what do you think, Brian? You know, I think it's a, I think it's a it's a challenge for people, especially kind of the newer, younger reps. They don't get that side of the of, of kind of the relationship part of the business. And again, that's a broad yeah. brush. I don't want to put everyone. I, I don't want to paint everyone in that picture. But but a lot of people don't kind of have that uh, have that natural approach to the retailer, and it is challenging. And uh, you know, because everyone's trying to push what they have. But uh, I think it's for the manufacturers to actually just go and, and be training their people how to go about it in that, especially now in that empathetic manner. You know, they should, the manufacturer guys just need to, I, I would probably just say is, you know, think of a customer in a broader, kind of a, a broader view and not just, I can get two pallets or three pallets from them and, and, and I'm going to call back. It just doesn't work that way, Liz. It's uh I, I just think well, it has changed short term strategy, I guess, you know, I need to get as much product in and, you know, they can't move it. And then we'll, we'll have another, we'll have some discussion about that. But since you've been in retail, you know, for a while, what do you, what do you think about retail? Um, I don't mean for you to give up any secret, but what do you, what, <laughs> what do you think about retailers and, and how they see the process? What, What's the good stuff and where do they need to, you know, get it straight? Well, you know, retail can be very rewarding. It, I mean, it's got its challenges, but it's rewarding. It's really nice when you're able to help in beautifying someone's home. Uh, it, it's really, it's a nice part about it because you're so important uh, to a customer in that respect. But guess what? Retail has its challenges. You know, the, you know, the evolution of social media has made it really challenging mm. for retailers um, and how to combat them, you know, because in, in, in our world of flooring and I'll say home furnishings, many people just don't go on to say what a great job you did. Unfortunately, it's the opposite. And that can be challenging for retailers. And I dealt with that all often. And, uh, and at times there's just not, it's hard to make people happy. And uh, that could be just some of the challenges, regardless of how big or small the problems are uh, to that customer they could use Google reviews, Yelp, et cetera, as their platform um, to get money back, et cetera. And, and it's unfortunate, Liz, but it is the reality. Um, but, but it hurts. <laughs> I can tell you, uh, I, I, I can tell you it hurts. And it's very frustrating because most retailers do 99% of the things right. And they want to take care of their customers. But at times that customer is just so irrational. And sometimes no is an answer. You know, and it's tough. Best Buy not long ago and uh, the person in front of me was buying uh, a computer and one was talking to the salesman and the other one was online looking for the same thing and seeing if it was a she if she could get a better price and like in the middle she'd say you know I think we can get it here I mean not even caring about the salespeople 
people, <laughs> like they're rude. I mean, you know, not saying they shouldn't do what they do, but there's like in some ways it doesn't seem like they even think the salesperson is a real person just because they know so much, you yeah. know, all of a sudden, you know, they're geniuses about everything that's going on because they can be online. And but in floor covering, they need the salesperson because if that installation is bad, forget it. Yeah, but Liz, yes and no. You know what? If you went back 15 years ago, they needed the retail salesperson, right? Because right. they didn't know anything. They didn't have as much online. Now, now they actually don't to an extent, but it's still such a touchy-feely product that they all like to come in store, right? To come into yeah. a store. Not they all, but it's why the independent retailers are still out there. But that goes to the experience that they provide. It has become much more of a retail salesperson having an emotional connection with that customer. It's not just trying to find out you know, how, how much is their budget so then they can fit them into a product. It's understanding the project, what they're doing, why are they doing it now? If a customer feels that connection to a salesperson, that customer is going to buy from them in many of those cases because they feel that connection. Now, are all people? No. But I can tell you, in, in my six years in retail, we put a big emphasis on, on how to connect more with customers um, in the emotional way. And it works. And it absolutely works that customers feel that attachment as opposed to just feeling that salesperson just wanting to yes. sell them. And, uh, and we were able to close customers and they didn't even know they were being closed because it was such a back and forth and you were asking all these questions and they, these customers were just opening up to you about their projects, about everything. So you can really be effective in that manner with just some little differences of how you approach a customer. And I think, Liz, it's going to be more than ever. It's going to be so much more important oh than ever gosh. to do that. You know, we're out of, just about out of time and we are out of time. So we should do this okay. again. Um, everybody out there, we're listening. This is Brian Witkin, and he is a consultant, a business consultant, home furnishings and floor covering. Brian, do you want to give him a phone number? Do you want to hear from anybody out there? <laughs> sure. Listen, you know what? It's been predominant flooring on both the manufacturing side and, uh, and retail side. Uh, you can reach me at brianwitkin at gmail.com, B-R-I-A-N-W-I-T-K-I-N, uh, or 201-376-6162, 201-376-6162. I would love to help uh, or talk to anyone, and if anyone needs anything uh, moving forward from a, from a consulting side on your business, be more than happy oh, to do Brian, so. It's, I'm so glad that you could make it today. Thank you so much. And everybody out there, this is Lizbeth Calandrino at WCAA 107.3 FM. And also you can find me on Spotify. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you so much, Liz. Have a great day and good luck, Bye. everyone.